Hey, everybody. Welcome to the HVAC Joy Lab podcast. I'm your host, Dr. John Shirk. This podcast focuses on creating more and more conversations about what optimizes life for an HVAC technician. My goal is to produce the most helpful content available for techs, full stop. Today, you're going to meet Greg McAfee. Greg is the author of Build and Grow Your HVAC Business, host of The Greg McAfee Show on YouTube, and owner of McAfee Heating and Air in Dayton, Ohio. Greg and I had a great conversation about how he got started, as in making hundreds and hundreds of telephone cold calls just to get a checkup appointment with a customer, to what is today the premier residential HVAC company in Dayton. Greg hires for attitude and trains the rest. It's exciting stuff if you're trying to figure out how to get up and going as a tech. Okay, let's get started. We're regular guys, always early to rise. We get into our trucks, another Kyle to wash. We always try. Welcome to the HVAC Joy Lab podcast. We're joined today by Gregory McAfee. You go by Gregory or Greg? Greg's fine. Okay, Greg. Well, welcome, Greg. Thanks for having me, John. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So, Greg, let's uh, introduce yourself to us. Tell us about you. Tell us about your company. Sure. Uh, well, I'm Greg McAfee. I live in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, that's somewhere between Cincinnati and Columbus. Uh, and we are in what we call the Midwest, where weather can be anything from, uh, well, zero to 95 or so. Uh, but what we get used to operating out of is about 75 to 80 degrees. So we've got to be very creative how we stay busy, sure. um, unlike 120 degree weather in some areas. So like me in South Louisiana, the we guys. There, there you go. <laughs> it's 86 today. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. So uh, I started McAfee Heating and Air Conditioning um, in, I'll back up just a little bit. In 1990, I got married, we bought a home, and I started McAfee all the same year. Oh, wow. um, so I started with $274 in a used truck, and nice. I had zero business experience, and I just barely had enough heating and air experience, to be honest. Hmm. And, uh, but I but I did have um, the tenacity uh, to stick in there and go out and knock on a lot of doors. I wore out a lot of shoes mm -hmm. and I made a lot of phone calls back in the day when there were no cell phones and or very, very few cell phones. And I had uh, the landline phones. We used to have what was called a crisscross directory that had every landline phone number in the area. And I would just start going down the, the page and calling every landline per uh, the same street, which was kind of neat. 
Uh, and I, I'd make I'd make a hundred or so calls before I got one person that was interested in a checkup or a cleaning or something like that. Wow! Wow! I just, you are my personal hero, Greg. <laughs> you, you are the man. I didn't know what I didn't know. Uh, <laughs> so I just kept uh, doing that, and then on the off days of not calling, I'd go uh, visit shopping centers, and I'd just walk in and say, "Do you guys need any thing for heating and air, filter change, belt change, anything?" And uh, like. Same way there. I'd, I'd probably have to go in 50 places before somebody said, yeah, I think we do need our filters changed. Can you take a look at it? And I'd go up there and try to find something, you know. Um, and that's just how it took off. It was a very slow, very slow takeoff, um, very um, solid takeoff, but extremely slow. And, you yeah. know, I teach today how to do it a little bit quicker because you just couldn't do it that slow. I was one man for a year. And then I hired one person a year for the first 15 years. Um, and today we've worked our way in Dayton, Ohio. We've worked our way to uh, number one in our uh, market, top of mind in the residential HVAC um, market. And uh, we continue to stay number one since about 2016. And mm -hmm. we just take care of people and um, take care of our team which yeah. which is people yeah. and uh, try to serve which is we're going to talk about service today you know the word service is serving people yes uh, we have to serve equipment but we have to serve people first yeah yeah i often tell technicians like deep inside yourself which do you love more do you love the people more or do you love the technology more and if it's if the answer is people you should, you're a residential tech that's the you have to you have to be competent with the technology but you can be a commercial tech and just really love the tech. And, you know, there's never an end to all the new equipment and all the new stuff that comes out. But uh, I think to be a great residential career wise, to be a great residential tech, it's just what you just said. You have to love serving people. You have to love that look on their face when they hear the air kick on and they're like, you know, you did it, you know, or, or that, that moment. And you get two of those a day and you could live on that for months, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. That's what it takes. And uh, to be a good technician, you got to know your stuff technically, but you right. got to also know it takes a, we train, we first train today on soft skills because nice. if we can get the soft skills down and they're mechanically inclined, we can train the rest. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think that, that it's a, it's, it's a, it's a kind of story that needs to be retold about what it means to be an air conditioning technician. Cause I think people who aren't in the industry, they don't understand how people uh, centered the business actually is because it sounds like it's not at all, but, it, but in fact, and it's probably true of any more technical business, but um, I mean, where you're face to face with a customer, that is really, that's, that's the business. You got to you got to be able to handle yourself technically, but you can know how to fix anything. But if you can't handle yourself in front of a customer, you, you, we can't what we do with you. I mean, we're going to, you know, send you to an install or something, but you can't really go have a career without that. You know, and thinking back when when I serviced some of those older units where, the, where when they first came out with those 90i units and all that stuff, um, you know, I didn't have the resources like we do today where, where we have people here to help anyone at any time or now we've got ai on our phones that we can pull up a troubleshooting problem 
I was there and I had to figure this thing out. And sometimes it took an hour or two for me to troubleshoot and figure it out. But if the customer liked me, they were fine with that. And it's all, it's all about serving people. Um, people do business with who they like and, and they liked me and they, it wasn't a bother for me to be there sometimes too long trying to figure something out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, it, that's an interesting evolution. Cause if you go back, how long has it been? You said it was the early nineties when you started the company. Yeah. I started in 1990. So I, I was doing most of the servicing the first, at least first three or four years. Yeah. That was the, in those days, I mean, they're talking to the technicians now in their twenties. I mean, there's no YouTube. There's no, <laughs> there's not even a cell phone. <laughs> there's you got a beeper and manual, like paper manuals. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Op only option was call a friend. That's right. <laughs> uh, well, Greg, I'm curious on your thoughts about what makes a great life for a technician. Like well, you, you've, you've been there, you've been a tech yourself. You've kind of lived the whole journey. Um, and you're seeing techs who are coming up now, like in their young 20s who are coming into the business. What kind of advice do you have for tech in terms of both career success, but just also living a great life? Well, first, I want to say what an opportunity. I mean, what an opportunity in HVAC today, like no other time in history. Exactly. True. Um, I, you know, I think uh, the the technology has come so far to where you're you're not just changing out pilot lights and and uh, stuff like that. You're you're troubleshooting some pretty high tech equipment. Yeah. Um, and but what an opportunity for great pay, um, you know. And and if you're with a company that that uh, manages their hours well, and you have a lot, you know, quite a few people on call and backup. I mean, what an opportunity to work anywhere between 40 and 50 hours a week. Um, and a lot of times rotate weekends to where you have very, you have to work very few weekends on call. Yeah. Um, but just what an opportunity. And yeah. I, I look at, um, I look at what we offer just our small company in, in Dayton, Ohio, what we offer a technician is, you know, the best, the, the best of trucks, the best of equipment, the best of tools like we've never had before, mm -hmm. um, the uh, best troubleshooting equipment, and uh, the best, like I said, we've got a backup team here of resources that at any time you need you needed something or you have a question, and today with FaceTime and all the other cameras and everything we have, it is, it's just a great opportunity to be in HVAC. Yep. And... Um, then you've got most companies today have to provide to be competitive. They have to provide good benefits and they have to provide 401ks and they have to provide all these things that a lot of the, the guys that are coming here, we've got four, we hired four people this week and they're in our training room right now. And they're anywhere between 18 and 22 years old. I just popped in and said hello before this show. And while their friends are still in college um, and they're in debt or building debt rather, and <laughs> it's going to take them a long time to make the money. These guys are going to make in probably another year. Yeah. And, uh, so the opportunity is, is just unlimited. I think in HVAC, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, the last, I don't know when you started feeling it. I mean, I'm, I'm a 
I'm a I'm PhD workforce expert. I mean, that's part of what I do is study labor markets, technicians in particular, HVAC technicians. And it was somewhere around 2018 that the, some kind of tipping point started happening. There were already more jobs available than technicians. But I, in with me and with my clients, somewhere in 2018, I started feeling it. And then what really launched it, it unexpectedly was COVID, where, you know, then it was really like, wow, this, you, this is a job you can actually go to work in and, you know, be a first responder. And now there are so many more opportunities out there than there are technicians. The, the, the wages are going up like crazy and the opportunities are out there. And because of that, it's really the first time I think, you know, in, in the history of air conditioning where a technician can have an entire career and make stellar money and be a real rock star and never leave the field. I mean, there's this, this narrative that's gone on for decades that, you know, I'm going to be in the field, but if I'm really good, eventually I get to come in the office. And I think it's unfortunate because there's only a few of those jobs, but there's no end to the need for a guy to be a complete rock star specialty, all do it all in the field technician. And the money is there now. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 uh, in most companies, most brick and mortar companies are always hiring, always yeah. hiring technicians. Yeah. Um, it, it's hard to turn down any, anyone who is ambitious, good attitude, the rest yeah. we can train. Yeah. And, uh, it's, so we're, we're always hiring technicians and yeah. it's, just, uh, it's a great opportunity to, um, and the learn, you know, what's, what motivates a lot of these young guys is you're just constantly learning. You, you never reach that. You never reach that cap where you've now learned it all in HVAC and you're done because things are changing every day now. That's right. A five ton split isn't even just a five ton split anymore, depending on how you got the thing built. It's, you know, who knows yeah. what, who knows what others controls or whatever else is attached to it. Um, what are you guys doing right now in terms of the, the balance between hiring uh, skill and knowledge that's already there versus developing it from ground up. Like what kind of guys are you hiring? Um, we, talk about that a little bit. Sure. Well, we prefer to hire, um, if we do hire experience, it's typically three years or less. Um, that way they've got their feet wet, they've learned a little bit, and then they can come here and learn the rest. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's just the old attache about, um, learning, um, the, I guess the right way we'd like to say, sure. we're going to teach them the right way. Sure. And, uh, if we can, um, and if we can do that, then we're more successful and they're more successful, but we hire, uh, the majority of people we hire are either right out of, uh, high school or right out of trade school. And then do, they, do you uh, want them to have an EPA license already, or is that part of the training too? That's part of the training. Wow. Yeah. We, uh, we partner with a, a local college, um, Sinclair Community College, and uh, they have an HVAC accredited program. We partner with them, but we have a full uh, training lab and a soft skill lab where they go through weeks or months of training here along with Sinclair. And um, and then when they're when they're finished with that, they're you know, they're ready to be in a truck. Interesting. Yeah. See, I, I think you're ahead of the game, Greg. For real. I mean, I think there's still quite a few people uh, and they call me and I'm, some of them are my clients that they really they really are wanting still to get it all done hiring. 
and you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get a guy, but I want a guy who already knows what he's doing and then we'll enhance it. You know, we'll, we'll send him to a training for whatever, but, but it's like, we don't want to do any training. We just want to hire the guy who already knows it. And I just, I'm not sure that that's the winning strategy anymore. There just aren't enough of them out there. No, I, I just prefer really. I mean, there, there are some we have hired with 10 years experience. They, I mean, they come, they right. come along every once in a while right. that we truly want to hire, unfortunately, but um, that's rare. It's rare that we would do that. It's uh, it's more of a one to three year been in the trade, looking for a company to advance in and continue to grow. Those are the guys we're looking for. Um, or again, you know, we hire for attitude, train for skills. If they're, uh, we have a few little uh, aptitude and technical tests that we give so we can just see how well they're mechanically inclined. And uh, if they've got that and a good attitude, we'll take it from there. Nice. Yeah. I, I, I think for you guys who are listening and uh, for, for technicians who are listening, your buddies who want to get into the business, going to work for a guy like Greg is the way to get started. Uh, even more so, I think, than doing the community college two-year thing. Because right. there's enough people out there that are training. I mean, it's that's two years of, you know, going to classes and you're making money selling mattresses at night or whatever. But, you know, <laughs> you can get started out there if you find the right people from day one, you know, and and, and for the, the company owners out there and, and managers out there, this is how you compete for talent with culture instead of wage wars. Because if you want to do it with hiring, today is the wrong time to do it with hiring. It's just too expensive. It's just too, to, to pluck that 10 year guy out. I mean, the only, the guy, uh, you tell me if this, this is true, Greg, if you get a 10 year guy in the door, probably here's what happened. He was the best technician at the smaller company. They had, uh, poorly trained technicians going out and making mistakes, but because the boss trusts this guy, this guy who's got to go out and miss dinner with his family while the other kid gets to go home and be with his family. And he's because the boss trusts this guy and it happened long enough you know, on the podcast. I call this guy 10 year Ted because 10 year Ted, he's the most trusted guy, but he's tired of feeling like he's getting punished for being the best guy in the building technically. And he has enough and he looks for something else. And that's why you can find a 10 year Ted. But short of that, they're just not walking around with signs that say, you know, we'll work for food. It just is not, they're not out there. Yeah. And, and that 10, that 10 year Ted is also kind of burnout. He's yep. not used, he's not used to the fast paced environment. And, yep. you know, um, we, we, we say, and you've probably heard this, that it used to be the big eat to small. Now it's the fast eat to slow. So we're, yeah. we're very fast paced. We're a lean operation that's very fast paced. We've got to get to people quickly or someone else yep. will. And uh, that's, I've been doing that out of the garage and we continue to try to do that today as fast as we can. Um, and a lot of guys that have been doing this 10 years, they're not used to that. It, yeah. it, they can't grasp that idea. So you're, it's hard to train that. It's yeah. easy to train someone 18, 19, 20, 24, 25 years old. They right. know it. They know no different. Right. Um, and so the, that's kind of, that's what we like. Yeah. He, I have a client who likes to joke that uh, we're not racing. Our speed to the door is not the other companies, but we're racing dominoes. I want to be there faster than dominoes. Exactly. That's, that's our, that's our competition. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. And it, and you're exactly right. If you're not fast to the door, somebody else will be, and you're not getting that business. 
So. Yeah, so a good uh, one of my best business coaches. His name was Jerry Duff, and he taught me. He did a lot of business coaching for large corporations, and uh, he said, "Quit comparing yourself to other heating and air conditioning companies, and start comparing yourself." That was back when Toyota took number one over GM. He uh, said, start comparing yourself to Toyota, read the Toyota way, figure out how they did it, and then make McAfee do the same thing. Yeah. And that was great advice. Yeah, it is great advice. <laughs> yeah, there were real reasons why Toyota took over that market, you know, and it wasn't cheap parts. It was process. Exactly. Systems. Yeah. Interesting. So how does it look for you guys? Uh, you're in Ohio, you're in Dayton. So um, when it gets to be cold, what, what is your off season? Is it the winter or is it like October, March? What What is it like there in Dayton? Um, well, uh, I'll tell you our, our best times are, <laughs> um, are, are basically um, typically May, June, July. Those are our three best months. And then, um, and then we've got something like October, November, December. And then everything else, very, everything else is either steady or slow. Right. Um, so when you get into March and it's 65 degrees all every day, yeah. you've got to get extremely creative to make that phone ring. You yeah. can't be, you can't be reactive. You've got to stay proactive. And then what do you, do you do maintenance programs or like, what do you, what do you do with all that? We do, we have, um, we have maintenance agreements. We call them the comfort family plan. Um, we figured it was, we, we had the comfort club like everyone else for years, but yeah. would you rather be part of the club or the family? Oh, sure. And, uh, people like to be part of a family and, and we have, you know, several thousand comfort family memberships. And that of course keeps us busy during the off season and, uh, and then continues to keep us busy, uh, during the on season as well, because, a lot, a, lo a large portion of our installations come from our comfort family members. Yeah. So uh, it, it's, it's very healthy to have those if companies don't. Right. Yeah. It's, it's tough because I know they're again, because I'm a workforce guy, what I notice is if you don't have some kind of a maintenance program, it's very difficult to keep guys 40 hours a week all year. And then you go through this layoff cycle and then you're losing those guys to somebody who does have 40 hours. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's if you're going to compete, the, the the most baseline place to begin to compete for talent among technicians is 40 hours a week all year from you go up from there. But if you if you don't, I'm just saying this for open listeners, if you don't have that, get start there. If you want to compete for talent, figure out how to get 40 hours a week all year, and then build from that, because if you don't have that, the other stuff you're offering, you're just going to lose the best people. So. Fortunately, we we have never laid off because of that reason. Mm -hmm. um, and then we try to we try to guarantee a certain number of hours, whether it's 32 or 36 year round, just because of that. Now, when we do get into the, uh, the busy times, we do we do work over, um, but we control that much better than we used to. I mean, you know, starting a business, you, you work half days, you just pick work which 12 you want to work. Yeah. Um, and you get used to doing that, yeah. uh, but not everyone who works for you wants to do that, nor, nor should they anymore. But um, we do work overtime and some guys want it. Some guys don't. So we we uh, we weigh that out and give it to the ones who do. Yeah. How do you have traditional scheduling like normal 40 hour schedule and then then uh, uh, on call on the weekend? 
the technicians are actually on a four day work week. Oh, interesting. Um, so they work four somewhere between four tens, um, and then they rotate on call on the weekends. Interesting. Um, but yeah, they I'm, like I'm, that. They like that. They get that um, you know extra day off during the week, and we it works out pretty good because a lot of the guys have uh, either their wife's off that day or. They get their kids that day or whatever it is. Right. It, it seems to work. And we have that. There are a couple, we call them blackout months where you may not get the four day. You may have to work five or six, but 90% of the time they're on a four day work week. Yeah. I'm noticing that that tweak beginning to happen as well with among, I heard multiple stories about, you know, the scheduling I've got, you know, two guys who only want to work. They want to be on call every Friday night and 12, 12 on the weekend, you know, and then, but they're off Monday to Thursday or like creating these alternate schedules to accommodate, you know, different lifestyle situations. Usually it's a custody thing or something like that, but you know, that, and, and in the old days, no one would, no one would uh, accommodate that, but today they're beginning to do it. You got to be flexible when you yeah. got when you have good people you have to you have to fit them in your company and quit trying to um you know fit the company around them yeah. um you've got you've got to you've got to make it work for them because you know good solid technicians are always hard to find yeah um we have to build them up we have to train them and uh and then we have to do our best to make them stick yeah tell me a little bit more about your soft skills training like what kind of, uh, what are the modules in that? What, what, what kind of stuff are you teaching them in that? Um, well, um, we have a program called transformational leadership, um, which my, uh, my son, Travis, he's 29. He's uh, a manager here and he trains that he's also, he's still attending school. He's working on his PhD right now, Oh, good. Um, but he's been in teaching for many years. So he teaches a lot of our classes and the transformational leadership is a two day class that we put every new employee through and we've put our whole team through now. Um, and it just goes through a lot of, of soft skills as far as dealing with people and dealing with um, all kinds of people skills that we have to deal with as adults. Um, so it's a, it's a complete program of that. And then again, we're, we're training for attitude. Yeah. You know, how to have a good attitude when things go bad. How do you react in this situation? How do you deal with a customer when they say this? So we're, we role play a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and we uh, role playing to me is probably some of the best training because, and nobody likes to do it at first. It's, it's tough, <laughs> but if you get good at it in here, you're going to be much better in the customer's home. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that I, I do a little bit of that soft skill stuff too, uh, both with technicians and and just I have a program I call frontline professionalism, and um, just the basic, um, you know, how do you communicate status to a customer? Every you know when I train guys, I'll tell them your customer should never be wondering what's going on. Always there should be a closed loop from yeah. the moment you get to the front door. They know what's going on. And it may be, I've got to go to the parts store. Um, I think it's going to take me two hours, but I will be back here in two hours with what I need, right? And if not, I'm going to call you and tell you what's going on. The 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 people who, in the absence of information, people assume the worst. And, I, you know, that 
that that loop of status is i think really important for a technician to know yeah very very similar john we we uh one of my sayings is informed people make better decisions there you go. And and uh, we also teach a class called the first five minutes of a service call. There and that's critical. The first five there minutes is, is critical. Uh, All what, is well that begins place. well. Yeah. From from where you park your truck to where you put your shoe protectors on. Yep. And to what you say to the customer, you know, and not allowing the customer to say, I'm in a meeting. Go ahead. Furnace is down the basement. That, that doesn't work. So what do you say? Well, you might say, I'm sorry, do you have just two minutes? I just need to go over a few things with you for two minutes and then I'll let you go. And yeah. all, people always go, okay, yeah, I got two minutes. And then and then you can explain what you're going to do and what if I find this, what do you want me to do with it? All these types of things that you're preparing, you're preparing the customer and you're preparing yourself as a service tech for success. Yeah, yeah, it, this business is oddly... It, it's it it is obviously very mechanical in some ways, but you're really creating an experience that includes air, but other things as well. And it's a, uh, you know, a really good tech who understands that, um, and they create that experience they want to have for a customer. Those are all the Google five star reviews. They've all. It isn't that oh I like cold air better than hot air, so five stars. No, it's because they created a seamless experience for the customer that from the moment they walked in the door, that person felt like, Oh, thank God you're here. Yeah. And, and it and just continues till it's all done. Well, I just heard something the other day that the technician went in the house, the wife came to the door, her phone rang, the technician said, go ahead and get that. She answered it. And she said, can I call you back? The filter guys here, you know, all, all she knew was her husband said, someone's coming in. They're going to change the filter and look at the furnace. So she assumed we were filter guys. So um, that's why it's so important to get their attention. The first two minutes of the five is to explain what you're going to do. And 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 uh, if you find anything, what would you like me to do with the information? Because um, that's critical to the success of a, of a service call. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree that that I, I have to tell you, Greg, I'm really impressed with the program you have put together. I, I really, in my judgment, you're putting the right first things first. And by by leaning leaning into training more than hiring uh, skills, um, you're. I just feel like when I look across the market, the things that you're doing are the right way to compete for talent and for customers. And you know that that training experience is going to create technicians that are loyal to you over time. You know they're not gonna. You're not gonna. You're you're basically eliminating arrogance from the equation because they're they're coming in not knowing anything and they learn it from you, you know, and, um, and in focusing on soft skills, my goodness, it's, it's, it's almost like you can't do enough of that because the, it's, it's the soft side of it that guides a technician into creating a whole experience for a customer. It's not their technical knowledge of, you know, how to wash a coil or whatever. So. Right. Yeah. Good yeah, stuff, man. Now we teach that of course. <laughs> yeah. Right. Sure. Uh, we got to, but, um, but we feel that the soft skills are more important. And that's why the first maybe week or so of training is just that. They're not going to see a furnace. They're not going to see an air conditioner. We're going to we're going to see if they have. In other words, why we've learned the hard way and we've spent a lot of money training people that didn't work out. And the reason they didn't work out was because 
we spent so much time and money training them on the technical side. And then when we got to the soft skill side, we realized they just weren't people. They didn't mm. have the people skills and I couldn't, tra- we couldn't train them. Yeah. And they just didn't work out. So it's not fair to them yep. and, and it's not fair to us. So we've decided to turn that around and start training soft skills first. If they get the soft skills down, we'll train the rest. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. In my, um, in my research, um, what I've, what I've noticed, and these, these were in commercial technicians, so it could be a little bit different balance in residential techs, but 85% of them had introverted personalities. Yeah. And, and so extroverts start talking to decide what they want to say. Introverts create silence while they form their thought and then they speak, but it creates this weird silence moment and it, it unnerves people who don't understand what's happening. Right. right. And so I do a good little bit of training there as well in don't freak people out while you're thinking, you know, because it's just, it's okay. That's your communication style, but it, you know, a little bit of silence makes people feel like, uh, like what's going on. And and now you've broken your seamless experience. Right. Um, yeah, That's true. Very true. Yeah. Well, listen, Greg, we're just about out of time. Um, and how do we, if people want to reach out to you, how can they do it? Uh, well, I have, uh, we have a gregmcafee.com website. Um, I've been coaching uh, for about 16 years. I hold, I have a podcast myself, the oh, Greg great. McAfee show. Um, we're, we're basically a rookie at it. I'm on, I'm on uh, show number like 134. Oh, um, that's all right. And when you figure 134 times 30 minutes, that's, we're not to the 10,000 hours yet or anything. Right. Like that. <laughs> so, um, but I've got the the Greg McAfee show and I've got the Greg And of course we're on Facebook and all those types of things in YouTube. Um, but my McAfee heating and air, if you want to jump on there and just look at the website, it's mcair.com. And uh, that'll yeah. show you a little bit about what we're doing. And we've got, uh, we've had some of the things that uh, for a while now that people are really starting to get into is, uh, we've had, we've been doing air duct cleaning for 30 years, but we've had an air duct cleaning, um, estimate, qu- uh, page where you can get an estimate online right there. Just punch in your information. Uh-huh. And we, we have, uh, a heating and air conditioning estimator as well that you can get an exact price. So I'm not going to, nice. you don't have to wait till tomorrow to get an email or anything like that. It gives you on a uh, price right there. Nice. And, uh, nice. They have found that that uh, if you do that, that people are more likely to trust you when you have an estimator that actually gives you a real price, real time. Yeah. Because um, nobody wants to go all the way through that process and then we'll call you tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you <know? laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Especially in a hot house. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So if you're out there, uh, if you are a young technician just making the transition into owning your own thing. If you are, you know, if you hear what Greg is, is saying here and you're like, man, I wish I knew how to do that. Reach out. It's not like he's keeping it a secret Right. and that connect with him, get some mentoring from him, get some coaching from him. The people who are out there doing it right are usually not trying to keep it a secret because right. there's plenty of business. And there's a lot of people not doing it right. So, you know, reach out to Greg and make a connection. I'm sure it's going to help. Please do. All right, Greg. Well, listen, thanks for being on the show and um, we'll just see you next time. Okay. Thanks again. Appreciate it. A good life is had at the HVAC.